and welcome to a Taylor's Tales podcast. This is Chris's Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor, and welcome back to a brand new episode. This week, we're talking about, of course, my favorite video games, the video game paradise that is Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. Now, you may or may not, for those who are recent or brand new viewers, which some of you are, welcome, number one. Number two, I did a podcast 60 episodes ago on Kingdom Hearts 1, and I didn't really get enough detail in. And I think this is going to be a really good all-rounder. Rather than going into too much detail over specifics of each game, I'm here to, like the previous podcast, to open you to the world of Kingdom Hearts. Um, I'm, this, is, this is my opportunity to, for those in the first minute of the podcast, get in here, get in, get in, get in! <laughs> it's just throwing in the memes already. It's a bit early. Get in, get in, get in! People are like, what the... Whoa, too much. Nonetheless, Kingdom Hearts, for those who aren't aware of it, is a mixture of different universes. Mixture of Disney, Final Fantasy, and then the original Kingdom Hearts world, which is actually turns out there's like nine characters in, in the entirety of the uh, all of the Kingdom Hearts franchise that are actually original characters that aren't from either Disney or Final Fantasy, which is worrying alone to say that the writers weren't exactly uh, good enough to put them together. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the brilliance that is Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 both released... Uh, Kingdom Hearts 1 was released in 2001, Kingdom Hearts 2 was released in the year of 2006 so nice big five-year gap i will not be talking about any of the individual games outside of these two um kingdom hearts franchise because there are so many but there's also i feel that they aren't as all well-rounded as these two original video games both video games coming out on ps2 both having absolutely incredible graphics for the times that they were released in. Uh, I think that something that you can see in both the HD versions of these video games that were released on Xbox One, Xbox 360, sorry, not Xbox 360, Xbox One, PS4, PS5, uh, and X, what is it, Xbox Plus or original, whatever it is nowadays, whatever the new Xbox is, they're all available on the newest consoles as well in the HD format, which I think is brilliant, but it doesn't take away with how good the originals were in the first place for the years that they were released, 2001. I don't think, and this is a big, bold claim I'm gonna make here, I don't think there was a single video game out between the years of 2001 all the way up to 2010 that could compare on PS2 with Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. That's a bold statement. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for I don't think that developers out there were nearly good enough. I mean, I think of the video games that came out at the same time, and there just isn't a comparison. There's zero uh, ability to compare them. I, th I think of all the games that I used to play, and the graphics just were nowhere near as good. The battle system of Kingdom Hearts, yes, there's a little bit of button mashing in there, where Sora is throwing the Keyblade back and forth and bashing in some Heartless, uh, but I think that something that can't be compared to any other video game is that the quality of the battle system and the graphics of the games already put it up there as top tier video games for their time and also for now they are a little bit timeless and if you go back and play them they are fantastic rpgs for what they are yes they're nowhere near as open world as skyrim for instance or gta 5 or oblivion or any of the other massive rpgs um red dead redemption 2 for instance nowhere near as big as those games but 
for the their time and when they were created it's just uncomparable because you had you were able to world swap between individual worlds and you were able to travel back and forth between any of them yes it followed the storyline as you went through you started off on destiny islands with sora in episode one and you would use that as a tutorial building world and similar with twilight town in kingdom hearts 2 where you were roxas and you were able to um, tutorial build in that video game as well they were perfect worlds friendly worlds and beautiful worlds at the same time to be able to work within and be able to build up your comfortable comfort comfortability is probably not the best word to be using but your comfort within the video game to understand and get your bearings and go from there and i think that that is also something that I've found with a lot of video games is that their tutorials are skippable. <laughs> they are just, everybody's like, nah, nah, skip, skip, I'm good enough to play this, done. But with Kingdom Hearts, the foundation of the tutorial quote-unquote worlds are actually something that we miss as we go further and further into the game. Destiny Islands, for instance, you never see it again uh, except in cinematic viewings. You never get to go back to that original world Twilight Town, on the other hand, is actually viewed throughout later games. Traverse Town, for instance, the first world you go to within Kingdom Hearts, once you're out of Kingdom Hearts 1, you never see it again. They become a nostalgic world that you go to. And that, to me, is something that's quite brilliant from the designers, because they saw an opportunity to be able to take something that they truly believed in. Uh, and what am I talking about? What? What are you talking about? They took the tutorial world and they made it fun and they didn't just make it fun they made it world-rounded and fun to be in you would go on an adventure within kingdom hearts one you would go collecting items which wouldn't necessarily level you up but they would progress the story while you could also go and battle people on the island to be able to earn extra xp uh, i remember i got to like level 20 or 30 so i upgraded sora all the way up until uh, level 30 just by playing this one game where you would just deflect the this um, beach ball that's thrown at you by one of the guys on the island and you would just keep getting more and more XP and so when you left the world when you're meant to be like level 5 or level 10 you come off and you're like level 30 you're just like a monster of a play just smashing you just every heartless just gets it one hit one hit dead I've just realized I'm now five minutes into this podcast and I haven't explained to those who haven't played Kingdom Hearts what it is. Well, I'm going to give you a quick overview. Kingdom Hearts is a game based on a main character called Sora. Sora is a kid from Destiny Islands. Destiny Islands is a group of islands where the characters want to visit different worlds. They are tired of being in the middle of nowhere on this paradise island. Yes, I know. Oh, just such a hard life they lived uh, and they want to go and visit other worlds well what ironically happens is that these characters get almost abducted out of their worlds and chucked into a different world sora meets donald and goofy yes from the from disney and they become friends and their goal is to go and find king mickey and sora's friends kairi and riku who are the two other characters that you meet on destiny islands from there, Sora goes on adventures, closing keyholes, defeating Heartless, which are the bad guys, and just all round saving the day throughout these Disney worlds. These Disney worlds have different characters from Tarzan to Aladdin to Ariel from Under the Sea to 
uh, Jack Skellington, one of my personal favourites, to in Kingdom Hearts 2, you've got Pooh, you know, uh, well, Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, you've got Pooh Bear, which is always a lovely, nostalgic, and all-round fun world to go to, just to make yourself feel kind of good, you know, feel, feel good vibes. You've then uh, got Tron in, and Captain Jack Sparrow in Kingdom Hearts 2, which is kind of, it's weird seeing uh, Jack Sparrow in a Kingdom Hearts game. It just feels kind of strange when I first saw it. I remember I was like, mm, this is this is weird, but I like it. <laughs> Not good. Ram is gone. Why is Ram gone? <laughs> so, uh, yes, Tron, I think, is really well done as well. And I think that Tron could have been just kind of weird but the computerized world and the idea of like hitting heartless that are made of computer bits is really it's got a really nice sound effect to it when you hit them it's you know i'll play the sound effect in a minute but Yeah, and they've got some really cool special techniques that you can do in Kingdom Hearts 2 that are really, really well done. Whoever the designers are for those combat techniques, big up. A lot of people actually criticised that, that they said that Kingdom Hearts 2 wasn't good because there was too too much of an easy battle system. Au contraire, mon frere. If you get into later into the game, you'll find that you will find that the Heartless are much harder in certain areas. And if you're not getting all the way up to level 99, you will not be able to fight any of the secret bosses that are out there, including Xehanort. Which is, sorry, not Xehanort. I, I wanted to say Xehanort. I, I'm thinking, not Cloud, Sephiroth. Sephiroth. Sorry. Sephiroth! For those who are fans of Final Fantasy, there's also characters like Sephiroth. You've also got Cloud. You've also got all of the uh, Final Fantasy VII characters in there who are just fun. Leon and the crew are great to have. They're almost like the extended family of Sora that you see throughout Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. And it's kind of fun to be able to see these reoccurring characters in Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 because you build a rapport with any with all of them. And they're quite you know, well-designed. They've got cool weapons. Leon's got um, a pretty like massive sword that he uses to swing about same as cloud uh some of uh <laughs> some of the other characters have like a massive samurai spinning uh jujitsu thingy majiggy i don't even know what the word is it's like that spiky um god i can't think of it ninjas throw them and i i it's gone it's gone sorry <laughs> for the listener of the viewer they're just like what are you talking about i'll play a clip uh, and you fight them. You, you, that's the cool thing as well. When you go to Olympus and you get to meet Hades and Hercules and the the gang and Phil, of course, the the Goat Man, the badass Goat Man, you get to uh, fight some of the people that you've been friends with to be able to earn the Olympic Cup or the Hades Cup or any of the cups that you get to fight and level up. Uh, and win extra weapons, for instance, and cool keyblades that you get to make throughout the game. And that's another thing. You can go out and find certain items, rare items, and create your own keyblades. Create, create your own weapons. This is something that I don't remember seeing in very, the depth of the game. To be able to go out there and you're like, right, I'm playing the storyline. I've got the storyline here, but at the same time, I want to go and spend some time on a different world and I'm going to go grinding to be able to find this weapon that I really want to get in the game so that my character looks cooler or my character gets a cool, uh, uh, like a higher hitting weapon or it's more magic 
or more uh, health or more armor or just all round bigger attack points. That to me is kind of, you know, it's Skyrim vibes to, to an extent, but it's also kind of the original RPG feel to it. That, you know, when I first played it, I didn't really get that sense. I didn't realize how in depth the Kingdom Hearts games were because I think I was just playing the story. I was just loving the story so much of Sora and his friends fighting off Heartless to be able to get and close all the keyholes to be able to find his friends and defeat the big bad guy Ansem. And, and to me, that is is difficult to put. How do you put a game together, right, that keeps your attention all the way from beginning to end, as well as adding all of these side quests that will, won't necessarily get completed if you're not someone who's really interested in that sort of thing, but can will add to the game as well. It's not going to be necessary, but it's not not necessary, if you know what I mean. If you want to be able to tackle some of the secret bosses, then you're going to need to get some of these items. If you don't want to tackle them, then you don't need to. And you can complete the, the entire game without having to even really think about it. And that, to me, is kind of like... That's really impressive for games that were released in 2001 and 2006. For instance, in Kingdom Hearts 2 as well, they take the storyline a little bit further away. You're like, when you're initially getting into the game, you are given new characters, you're given a new world. You're like, where's Sora? No, I'm put into a, in the unknown. I don't want to be here. And then you start to build a relationship with the new characters. And you're like, oh, I like this person. And then you go back to Sora and you're like, no, bring that person back. Bring Roxas back. You're like, what's going on? <laughs> and this to me is like, how can you create characters so quickly? And we build a rapport with them that fast. And we want to play as them or we want to see more of them cinematically. And then we get emotion as well because the amazing soundtrack in the background that's constantly in your mind. It's very difficult to think to yourself that these developers have a short period of time where they have five years from Kingdom Hearts 1 to Kingdom Hearts 2 and they develop it so well that not only is it upgraded in skill set, uh, gameplay, graphics, characters, consistently good soundtracks and more and having extra features to the game as well as having some pretty awesome worlds. Kingdom Hearts 2 as well, I'm trying to think of my favourite apart from Hollow Bastion of course and Twilight Town. There's a couple of them out there. Obviously, they have, um, I'm trying to think, Halloween Town, which I've talked about before in the previous podcast. But I'm trying to think. Maybe even Beauty and the Beast World's pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. You get to see Beast a little bit more in depth, who we meet in Hollow Bastion in Kingdom Hearts 1. We also have, uh, I'm trying to think of what they called Lee's, the the world of Shang-Li. I'm not sure. I'll have to look that up later. See, I don't know some of the worlds off by heart in, in the Kingdom Hearts 2. I'm trying to think. You've obviously got Hercules' world. You've also got... Hmm. I really, 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 really like um, Organization 13's world. The world that never was. I'll play a little bit of the soundtrack in the background and maybe a clip of the world itself. To me, that world is so built up because you're introduced to these bad guys these bad guys who are so powerful and so interesting and they've got no explanation in the game of where they've come from what their motives are why are they trying to do what they're trying to do that to me adding an element of mystery that's what makes Kingdom Hearts 2 really cool and, and Kingdom Hearts 1 to an extent Ansem is you know a really cool bad guy who I'll play a couple of clips of him as well 
in how he's animated and how his attacks are so cool as well as a character and how powerful he is and he's the seeker of darkness but at the same time he's just motivated by one thing darkness blah 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 organization 13 they have many different motives where they've got too many men they've got 13 members what do they all want to do why is there uh, only eight members left where are the other five what's going on like where, where are we going here and we're giving little snippets as we as the mystery unfolds as we go through the characters and we we get into more worlds and we defeat more organization 13 members we get more uh, understanding of what's going on i think that's what really is cool about uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 is you revisit worlds as well, so you develop an even bigger relationship with the characters that you're in. And the you know, in Kingdom Hearts 1, you don't revisit worlds, you just go through each one once. And I think Kingdom Hearts 2 doing that is really cool. Uh, I think I'm trying to think of a world, Pride World, for instance, which is where the the lions live and when you've got Lion King and all of the characters from there, I didn't realise how cool that was gonna be. It's actually quite a difficult world to go into because you're Sora and you, you, you're a lion for the first time and he's so cute and I'll put him on screen now as, as, as a little lion self. Oh, it's so adorable. If there's one weakness I have in this world, it is dogs and fluffy, fluffy, fluffy beings. I will give them all the cuddles and hugs in the world. Yes, listener, viewer, that is my weakness. They are forever. I will, you'll never see me ever be sad around uh, dogs. They are just, and again, big fluffy lines on <laughs> video games. Obviously, I'm not mad enough to ever go in front of a lion in the real world because I will get my face mauled off. <laughs> <laughs> but in Kingdom Hearts, we get to play as a lion, and Donald is a fly, like a, a flying falcon, and Goofy's a turtle for some reason, which is really weird because they're animals already. Because Donald's a duck, and Goofy's a dog, which is kind of strange that we have to transform into different animals for the Pridelands. But you know, whatever. It is what it is. I'm trying to think, the one downside to Kingdom Hearts 2, and I will say this, and a lot of people are going to agree with me on this, is that Ariel's world sucks ass. <laughs> It really is. It's just literally a song world. There's no battle or anything. You're just literally doing uh, button sequences and listening to them sing in the background. And you're just sat there like, this is the same story we did last time, except I'm not fighting anybody. What are we doing here? What are we doing? <laughs> we could just skip this entire world. Let's just delete it. Uh, for those who are watching, you'll see my uh, Kingdom Hearts poster just there where i'm pointing yes it's you just about see it just about see it in the background for those listening there is a small little poster in the background of, of the original kingdom hearts because i feel like this podcast is really just me talking about stuff i truly love and bringing positivity to the world with that and joy to the world by bringing subjects that i have such enthusiasm about and you the listener and the, and the viewer get to benefit from seeing 
something that you too, I hope, will really enjoy. And if you do enjoy it, maybe you'll be disagreeing with me some of some of the subjects. Maybe you're like Kingdom Hearts One's better than Kingdom Hearts Two, and or, or vice versa. Or maybe you're like, this is my favorite world. What are you talking about? Ariel's amazing, and I'm sat there like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Get rid of it now! Delete, delete, delete. Uh, I think also some of the the worlds as well. When you expand them and you get to visit them the second time round, or in Kingdom Hearts One, some of the worlds like Hollow Bastion are so big in the first place that it's kind of difficult to get through that world in the first place, and you have to go back and you have to go to a previous world that has a relatively high level to be able to level yourself up because you're not high enough level to be able to tackle that world. And I love that. I love this ability for the developer and the gamer to be united by the fact that no, you need to be the level we've set it at, otherwise you're gonna die over and over and over and over again. And I used to be that kid when I was younger, I was just like, I'm just gonna play the story. I don't need to level up. And then you get to the final the final few words and you're like, I'm dying every five seconds because I'm only level 40 and this is a level 50 world. <laughs> <laughs> so you need to take that into account. Kingdom Hearts isn't an easy game to play, especially if you play it, play it on proud or critical mode. Uh, those two are great. If you really want to challenge and you want to really play a game that's kind of difficult, critical uh, mode will get you pretty angry pretty quick. That FIFA madness right there. <laughs> Except it's definitely built for the gamer who's got patience as well. So if you're not a patient gamer uh, and you're not in it for the long haul, this won't be the game for you because there is definitely uh, a lot of cutscenes. <laughs> a lot of cutscenes there. But that's life. You want a good story, you've got to have a good story put together as well. So, Kingdom Hearts 1, I think, is the building blocks, the foundation, the first... I have a soft spot for Kingdom Hearts 1 because it's, it's just a perfect game on its own. You wouldn't necessarily need Kingdom Hearts 2. I think the ending of Kingdom Hearts 2 finishes the entire franchise. I don't think you need Kingdom Hearts 3 or any of the further stories down the line. I think the stories of Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 put together, that's it. You end the franchise, boom. It is perfect. Like The story is perfect. It is ended perfectly. It is puts you a smile on your face you don't need anything else yes there's a couple of characters that have loose ends but you don't need them they're not loved enough to be able to be like oh yeah we really want to go back and see this person's characteristics or we want to see um th what these characters do but at the end of the day no i think that the storyline the soundtrack the battles the characters it's all wrapped up in a nice little bow at the end of kingdom hearts 2 and even at kingdom hearts 1 yes we're left on a cliffhanger of what happens to riku what happens to kairi who cares sometimes you've got to have a nice little cliffhanger you've got to have a nice little you know i, th I said this with berserk berserk wasn't f you know finished and you're left on the edge for the for the full series so what? It's perfectly put together. It is. It makes sense for the writer to sometimes just cut it and then leave it there. But with Kingdom Hearts 2, you don't have that. You have that perfect ending. So even if you do just play 1 on 2 or 2 or 1, whatever you're going to play, you're going to get a really good game. Like a, just a perfect 10 out of 10 game with characters you love, with worlds that are big, big worlds, and it was made on our PS2, man. It brings back all those fantastic... You get to hear the PS2 sound, which I'll play right now. <laughs> I 
the PS2 sound, and then you also get well if you're playing it on the newer consoles. Yeah, I thought no, you don't get to hear the the great PS2 sound, but you did then, so that's all that matters. But I think something else as well is the really cool upgrades. Like I said, you can also make your gummy ship, which is really cool. What you travel to between worlds and you f you fight Heartless. And I think that's kind of a part of the franchise that gets overlooked a little bit. You know, it's kind of just they added it in and people were just like, oh, I don't want to play this. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but it'd be kind of boring if you just transported automatically between worlds without having to fight your way through it for, the, for at least once. So, hmm, yes, don't be ungrateful. Those developers put in that space scene for you. It's like those people who don't like the space worlds on Star Wars Battlefront 2. No, 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 no. <laughs> I won't be having it anytime soon. You play those games, they're fun. Uh, and going into someone else's space station and blowing it up from the inside is always the way to go. So, what else can I say about the Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 that really will get you to play it or sum up why those games are perfect? I think for me, apart from loving the fact that they nearly wrote off Goofy in Kingdom Hearts 2, spoiler alert, I know, uh, I think that was a really cool scene. I think that when it seems like Sora, Donald and Goofy are overwhelmed in Kingdom Hearts 2 multiple times, it actually shows that they're not indestructible like they are in Kingdom Hearts 1 almost. Uh, but you're built up to feel that way as well. There's some actual relatability. I, you can't really call them. They're just so happy characters. I think this is why I'm always going to be a happy person because I always look at Sora, Donald and Goofy and their smiley faces and think to myself, that's what needs to be brought to this world rather than the other way around and looking at the darkness. I think also seeing discovering this game at seven or eight years old, it's also brought a lot of joy for me playing it, but also brings me joy in looking at the character's view on life and always having a smile on your face, even if you are sad, can really bring joy to others as much as yourself. And realizing that lying in the darkness or relying on dark powers, but relying on friendship instead can actually bring you uh, closer together with people, but also make you a happier person and a stronger person down the line. So there's a lot of hidden messages in these games that clearly the developers wanted younger kids to see. I think they're great uh, for kids to realize their own potential sometimes and that you have to fight against the darkness within your life as well as within video games. Not all video games are mindless and I think this is why Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 I, I have such high regard for because it isn't mindless. It has a story, it has good morals within it. When Sora goes from each world he helps individuals along the way even if it's uh, taking him off course from his mission. He does the right thing. Yes, he asks about the Heartless. Yes, he tries to follow his mission and find King Mickey and find Riku and find uh, Kairi or he, you know, help Roxas or defeat the Nobodies. He also does the right thing, even if it doesn't, you know, align with his mission. And that is true good. And that was the point of these games, is Sora was shown alongside Donald and Goofy as the good guys. And somewhere along the way, we've kind of created characters where that isn't the case. So this is why, to me, Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 are video game paradise. And you, the listener, the viewer, get the chance to either go back and replay them or play them for the first time and go to paradise. <laughs> Ending it. As always, on a positive note, this has been a Taylor's Tales podcast. This has been Chris's Corner. I've been your host, Chris Taylor. And as always, I hope to see you this time next week. Bye now. <laughs> I'm a fool. What are you doing on the computer? 
Go outside, so beautiful! Yeah! Yeah!